Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. It is my honor to come up here and speak today. It's not often... I get a chance to come in here. I had uh, one of my teenagers tell me this week that, hey, you get to you know, speak in an actual service for once. <laughs> so that, that made my ministry feel great. Uh, no, uh, it, it's an honor to do this, and it, it is. I get a chance to speak to you guys. This, this is kind of geared towards the graduates in the second service, but it absolutely applies to us. Because the Bible, I don't care which part you open it up to, it still applies to us, right? Amen. So I'm going to make a bold statement today in a, in a time of just trouble. And in a time where you have so many voices making statements of you should do this or you should do that, we're going to make a bold statement and say that we found the keys to success if we choose to grab a hold of them. So, so much of what we hear today in the news and what, honestly, just certain people will tell you at work or wherever you're at. I know the, the last job that I had, every conversation that my coworkers would have was based on where you can get more money. It was not about finding happiness or peace. It was just where you could find the most money. And all they would ever say is, if you just go do this, or if you just, you know, if they, if they say that to you again, is walk out the door. Just walk out. Who cares what happens? Trouble may come, whatever. As long as you're taking care of yourself, do what you got to do. It doesn't matter. Nothing about salvation, nothing about sanctification, none of that. All they would ever talk about is in this trouble time, when they're constantly in fear and anxious about this and that, was their keys to success. And it was so sad because every time I watched one of them do something, and then one of them would do this and one of them would do that, it was like they were digging themselves deeper and deeper. They were not finding success. They were gratifying flesh in moment by moment, but instead of finding success, they were just making it worse on themselves. So it's kind of a crazy statement and a bold statement. And, you know, we're not going to talk about the power of positive thinking or something up here today. We're going to talk about what God's word says about success. Because if it was only just thinking good thoughts that would help us to get where we're supposed to go, I still wouldn't be there. But still. So we're going to talk about an Old Testament story that applies to us. You know, though, we can still read that Old Testament, right? It's still good. Okay, good. All right. So an Old Testament story that applies was here we have, and you'll go over it in just a second, but Joshua 1 where the Israelites are literally sitting on the edge of the promised land. They're sitting right there on the edge of the promised land. It's a pretty exciting and scary time for them because, you know, they've been having a tough time with it lately. But all that's separating them right now from, from getting from where they are to where they're supposed to be is that Jordan River. And they're all sitting there and they're excited because they can feel it, they can see it, but they're not there yet. But it's also a scary time because Moses has just died. Moses, the guy who led them out of Egypt through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the work of God, led them out of Egypt, led them out of slavery. The one who did all the signs and wonders in front of Pharaoh to get his mind to where it's supposed to be to actually let the people go. The one who did all this, the one who's led them for the last 40 years through that desert, this guy that has been everything that they needed, has been that voice, that mouthpiece for God during this time, he's now gone. Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12 talks about how there were no other prophets like Moses. No one else rose up and did what Moses did. 
So this guy, this comfort zone that they've had for all this time as they've been going through their troubled times, this comfort zone, the one that has led them literally to the edge of their promise is now gone. Their comfort zone is gone. And now we have Joshua. Joshua, who isn't Moses. Yeah, he's been beside Moses. He's been with Moses. And he's been in the shadow of Moses this whole time. But he's not Moses. He's supposed to be the one to step up in this time. Lead the people of Israel, his family, his friends, and just the people that are around him. The ones that have been in that comfort zone for so long. He's the one that's now supposed to take them out of it and across to their promised land. Because that's where God has put them. For Joshua, that's got to be very scary and exciting. Be so close. They've been walking in this desert for 40 years, and yeah, it hasn't been easy, but it's all been by their own hand, their own missteps, their own unwillingness to stay steady, steady, firm with God. Yeah, they get close, and they get close, and they get that feeling, and they get that blessing, but then they get distracted. Get close to that promise, and then they get distracted, and they got to make another loop around the desert. They've been sitting there doing this loop for 40 years. And God's finally brought them to this place where he's going to take them out of their desert. Out of their self-inflicted problems and mess. And I mean, even all that self-inflicted problems, no matter what Moses did, they still questioned him. They revered him. They said no other prophets were like him, but they revered him. And yet they still questioned him because they took their eyes off God. So Joshua, this unproven person, is supposed to now take Moses' place. This guy that they revered, this one that they respected, the one that they still yet grumbled at at points. Now Joshua, this unproven person, is supposed to step in. Imagine how he's feeling. This change, this, this time of, okay, God, you, you're saying this, but you've seen them, right? You've heard them. You've watched what they did. How they took the gold and made a calf while you were still trying to give them instruction. How they questioned you at every turn how they cried out for blessing and received manna from heaven but yet still turned their back now i'm supposed to go talk to them and leave them imagine how the people were thinking this who is this joshua yeah he was with moses but he's not moses he wasn't up on the mount receiving the ten commandments that was moses this is just joshua we're supposed to listen to him he's unqualified who is he to lead us But then God steps in, speaking directly to Joshua, providing him comfort and peace and all the keys to success. So we're going to pick this up in Joshua 1.1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors." Imagine that comfort. Imagine that statement of looking at these people and hearing the grumbling already. 
The same grumbling that they gave to Moses, but probably even stronger. In this moment of doubt, in this moment of what are we going to do, God? God lays it all out. Hey, you know how I was with Moses? I'm going to be with you. You're going to have success. You're going to have victory. Yeah, Moses is gone. Your comfort zone is gone. But I, the Lord, am going to be with you. I love that line. No one will even be able to stand against you. You talk about confidence. Not only are you going to be there, but there's nothing that's going to come against you at all that can bother you. Yeah, it might be annoying for a little while, and yeah, you may have to get over a hurdle, but it's not going to take you out. It's not going to take you down. I will be with you. Nothing will stand against you. Man. So I know that in my life, if I have my Lord Jesus as my Savior, I can take that same confidence. No matter where I go, no matter what changes come, I can walk in confidence because he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. He said he would literally stand beside me, go before me, fight the fight for me if I have him, if I follow him. But that comes with that big if, doesn't it? See, that big if, the keys to success, picks up in verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Walk in victory. But it also comes to the part there where he focuses and says specifically, be careful. Be careful to obey the law Moses gave you. For us today to take that into context, that is to take the Bible. Be careful to obey what it says. Be careful to obey what it says. Don't turn from the right or to the left because, you know, it, it's so easy because you have this, this Bible that's telling you to go down this road right here. And, you know, you, you do have to get through some begats and these and thous. And, but, you know, if you get through all those begats, you find awesome nuggets, you know, prayer Jabez and things like that. If you just get through a thousand begats, You'll find the prayer of Jabez, and man, what a, what a prayer it was. But it's so tempting to see begat and just turn over here because this is more entertaining. It's so interesting, you know, hear thee and thou, and you think you're reading Shakespeare again, which I didn't read it the first time, and then you turn over here this way. But if he says, be careful to obey the law, and you'll be successful. I mean, it flat out says the word successful. Verse, verse 8 says, keep the book on your lips, meditate on it always, and you'll be successful. Verse 9, do not be afraid, stay close to the Lord, and he'll make you successful. All right, so I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Small brain, lots of problems, okay? I read that, pretty simple. Stay close to God, keep his word so close to you, in your heart, on your lips, on your mind at all times, and you'll be successful. Okay? Everything I've ever been taught, it's too easy. In my mind, everything I've ever been taught through school, everything my mom's ever said, that's too easy. 
That's two steps. That's not an eight to 12 step program. This is two steps to success. Have the Lord in your heart. Keep his word in your head, in your heart. Everything you're doing by his word. Now, don't get me wrong. Everywhere we go, everything we do, especially in any career you have, you've got to work hard to do anything and do it right. To be successful in any career, you have to work hard. And even in this, we have to work hard. You know, I was joking when I was reading this that, you know, you can't just assume that you can just lay your head on it or put your hand on it and hope osmosis still works. I see I paid attention just a little bit in science. I, don't, I can't say what the definition is. Nikita, I'll get with you later. But it's so simple, right? Have the Lord. But speaking of have the Lord, talking about simple, everything we say or everything we read today tells us that it's so hard to get whatever you're trying to get, but yet the greatest gift of all time, salvation, is so easy to get. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that he is Lord, then you're saved. It seems so simple. Yet all the other religions of the world talk about acts and all the things you have to do. And Lord, we have to give up bacon. I'm not giving up bacon. <laughs> Just going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to rethink that. It talks about how hard it is, yet this is so simple. Salvation is so simple to receive. Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that he is Lord. And so why can't that simple but yet honest way be applied to this as well? You want to be successful? Have the Lord in your heart. Take his word and obey it. But yet, we so often want to make things harder than it is. It's like studying for, like, I'll be honest, I was, I was the worst student. I didn't study well. I studied quickly. And then, and see, we had, a, we had a professor in college at the Heritage Bible College, Dr. Carter, would talk about how you have to take stuff and you have to move it from short-term memory to long-term memory. That, yeah, I could study very quickly. I could go through every note possible, and I could do really well on that test. Now that we're past that test, I remember nothing. Because I never moved it from short-term. Ah, that, was, that was the one that got you? <laughs> I never moved it from short term to long term. And he would talk to us about in our chapels every week how you have to take a scripture. Take a scripture and recite it every day. Just pick a scripture a week and just start reciting it. And the more you do that, the more you sit there and recite it to yourself, you're moving it from short term to long term. You're moving it from where you're just going to remember it for a moment to that time you need it down the road and it's there and ready to go. That, that part where it talks about keeping it on your lips meditating on it day and night, I'm like the worst at reciting scripture. I'm telling you honestly, I am the worst at reciting scripture. Jeff will sometimes go, Matthew 6.33, and I'm like, Matthew 6.33. Like literally, he'll do that to me. He'll just like say the scripture name, and I'm just like, it was a good one. And then as soon as he's not looking, I go look it up. Just confirm, you know, you got you to check these things. Don't just listen to the pastor. Check it for yourself. But see, the problem with the people of Israel during that time is they didn't stay close to what this said. It was supposed to be a short trip out of bondage, out of slavery, into their promise. But they made it a horribly long trip. 
Because they didn't stay close to what God said. They didn't stay close to his word. They didn't stay close to his literal present guidance. A cloud by day, a, a pillar of fire by night. Literally can see it, and yet they still manage to turn away. But that, that's us at points. But if we don't keep it on our lips and meditate on it all the time, if I'm not keeping it on my heart and mind, then I stray. And then i got to take another lap. Isn't that so frustrating? You ever just been in a spot in your, your life or your career or even school where you just feel like you're just sitting there spinning? You know, you can see the next level. You can see where you're trying to get to, but you're just sitting there spinning. You're not rising up to where you're supposed to be because when it comes to that moment where you think you're about to do it and then we stray, we turn. So if we just keep it on our hearts and our minds at all times, if we're studying it with everything we've got, then it's so much harder for us to stray. Okay, so you have to forgive me. I'm the yo pastor, the youth, so I'm always thinking of how my teenagers talk to me, and it's like, okay, PJ, I get it. I read my Bible. I'm good. I read my Bible, but you don't understand, and I, and I hear this even from teenagers. You don't, ha- you don't understand my schedule. You don't understand the strain and stress that I'm under. Of course I don't. We don't have three kids, a job, and you know, a family. We have no idea what the stress and strain of life is. It's so hard to find time. Wouldn't you guys agree? Because our human nature, or maybe it's just my human nature, I'm not Jeff Dale. I am not up before the rooster. My alarm has to go off two or three times. And even then, it's the last second for me to get out the door and hoping to make it to staff meeting on time. Okay? I don't want to talk about how fast I'm going. Sanctified seven or something like that over. Wait, is Nolan here? I hope not. But you know what? Even for me, it's hard. My, can I be honest with you guys? My flesh does not want to read the Bible. I mean, I'm, just, I'm being honest with you guys. My flesh does not want to read the Bible. My flesh wants to watch another episode on Netflix. My flesh wants to get an extra half hour of sleep. My flesh does not want to do what God wants me to do. Pretty sure Paul talked about that. That it, it war within yourself, that you have to fight against that flesh and you have to overcome it. That yes, okay, it's, you got a lot going on. And I respect every single one of you guys. And I know that you all have a ton going on. Every time I see poor George, he looks like he's just stressed out of his mind. It's all Amy Maggard, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. And it's stressful and hard to find the time and take the time to spend time in your word. But the question I have for you guys, do you want to be successful? Do you want to be successful? Because I want to be successful. I want to walk in confidence. I want to walk like Joshua did. And I want to go around and walk around courageous and saying, okay, God's got me. Nothing that's coming against me is going to take me out. I'm good. I can walk in confidence right now. Okay, yes, something else broke. Okay, another bill pops up. That's okay. We're going to get past this too because nothing can stand against me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, yes, my boss, not this boss, hypothetical boss, can be really tough. Not you being a boss. But you know what? My God's still with me. My God is bigger than my boss. Having a little trouble in my marriage right now. Not seriously, this is hypothetical. 
But you know what? My God is bigger. My God can fix this. My God can restore it. If I just turn to him and rely on him. Spending time in that word and working through all that to hear and receive what God has for me. If I do that, I won't stray. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. If you haven't figured this out already, I'm more of the cliff notes guy. You know, Camden, cliff notes is where they take a book and they shrink it down to really important stuff. Okay, good. Your parents make you read the whole book. They're good parents. I was by far the cliff notes guy. Give me the overall principle. Let me know what's on the test. I don't care about anything else. That is how my mind works. I get lost in the details. You give me a thousand details, I have checked out at two. I have literally checked out. I have certain teenagers that will tell stories that after a few minutes, I'm just, my eyes are glazing over. By the end of it, I, I have to get a synopsis. Okay, what do you mean? Okay, good. I am not the detail person. And so I struggle with this type of stuff. But yet, I have, uh, I joke around, my adopted son, my fourth son, Freddie. Uh, I was talking with him about his new schooling that he's doing. He's going to school in Johnson County over there for BioWorks. I'm already lost. He's doing BioWorks, and he tried to explain it to me, and he tried to explain it in this way. He goes, how do you make Kool-Aid? Okay. He goes, how do you make Kool-Aid? I said, I don't know, pitcher, water, sugar, Kool-Aid, stir. Fridge, because I like it cold. Okay, five steps in my mind. That's, and he goes, no, no, no. At school, they tell us when you take, bio, that you take this BioWorks stuff and you take the Kool-Aid mixing stuff, those five steps, it turns into a packet that thick. Because that might as well be a book. You've turned a five-step process into a packet that thick. I told him that literally sounded like torture. I was like, you had to read every page? You had to know every detail? He's like, yeah, that's what, what you do. I was like, no, 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 no. That's cruel and unusual punishment. It's Kool-Aid. You can make it real fast. <laughs> and then he proceeds to tell me, that when you come out of this class and school, you're going to start out at 70,000 plus. I said, give me the book. <laughs> Just, I'm being honest with you guys, okay? It sounded like torture. Then he told me the number. I said, give me the book. But what if I told you the same thing applies when reading your Bible? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You're really looking for that one nugget to get you through the day. But good Lord, look how thick it can be. You're looking for that nugget. You're having a mind for that nugget that you need to get you through what you're dealing with. Man, we don't sometimes want to do that until we realize that there is a success, a richness at the end of this. That if we were to just grab a hold of that and just say, okay, all right, God, you've got something for me. And I know that whatever you've got, no matter how far I have to go to get it, no matter how much I have to read and how much time I have to spend with you. If I'm willing to pursue that, that what you've got down there for me is so good. I'm going to do it. If I were to tell you that if you were to sit there and meditate, read this, and just, you could recite some of this stuff. If you were to seriously do all that and it would make you a millionaire, how fast would we be reading this book? How fast would we be snatching that book out that person's hand saying, I got you. Come back in a week. Whatever you need to know, I'll recite it like I'm powder. It's an old movie reference. Ray, you got it. Thank you. If we were willing to spend time in our word, that we would receive the riches that he has for us. But sometimes we get caught up in the grind. And we just, something's going to slip, right? And God's got grace, right? So we just figure, well, he'll, he'll take care of us. But he said, if you want to be successful, 
if you would just stay with this. Pastor Kevin, you mind coming to play? So I'm not exactly sure where each and every one of you are, but I know exactly where I am with the Lord. I got to go deeper. I got to go deeper. It doesn't matter how deep I get. I got to go deeper. My, my spiritual mentor over here shows me every day when our meetings and our conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, you've made it this far. Hey, man, so proud of you. Good job. Okay, where to next? You, you can't stay right here because if you stay right here, you're going you're to go right back. Okay, where to next? So I'm not sure where you guys are. Some of you, you may be on the edge of your promise. You may be on the edge of your promised land, about to step into what you have to do, but God is just waiting for you to get serious. God may be saying, it's time to get serious, get into my words so you can truly hear my voice. Not just what we're assuming he's saying, because sometimes what we assume he's saying, because it makes it easy for us, it makes it comfortable for us, that's not what he wants for us. You could be sitting on the edge of your promise, and he's just waiting for you to get serious about it. Spend some time in my word. Spend some time with me. Spend some time in meditation about my word is truly saying. And see where I'll take you. He took Joshua from the edge of the promised land into the promised land. Made it easy for them to cross the Jordan. You know, when that Jordan's high, it's pretty tough. But the, Holy, the Lord went right before them and they walked across on dry land. Made it easy for them. Yeah, when they got to their promised land, there were still some struggles over there. They still had to fight for what they wanted. But he said he'd be with you. Nothing can stand against you. You might be on the edge of your promise or you might be already serious about the Lord and he's about to do something crazy with you because you're so serious about him and you're living within his will. He's about to take you to a place you can't even imagine right now. Or maybe some of us are caught up in the grind of day to day and we're not really focusing on what he's trying to say to us because we're just trying to make it. I've been there. I have absolutely been there where you're, you might read it, but are you, are you receiving it? Is it just a checklist? Because this is not a checklist book. This is not something where you check off that I read a chapter today. No, he's got something specific for you in every chapter. In the middle of all those begats, if you can just focus and listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say, he's got something for you. Will you guys stand with me? There may be some of us today who don't even know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That we don't have that confidence of what that scripture says because we don't have him yet. It can be fixed so easily. We said it earlier, Romans 10, 9. Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that he is Lord you're saved. It doesn't matter where you are right now, if you're so close to your promise and living in God's word, or you're over here not even sure where he is, he's he still got the same thing for you. I've got one more level for you to go up. We got to get serious and spend our time in there because there's going to come a point in time where we have to defend ourselves. And it's not just by our anger and our frustration that we're able to defend ourselves. It's by the word that he gives us. You might be able to yell louder than that person, but it's not going to get them saved. Are we ready to do what he's calling us to do? Are we ready to spend time in his word to make sure that we don't stray, but then also to pull somebody else along with us?
We're going to open this altar up to anyone who is just, let's just be honest, having a tough time. The grind is getting to you. And you just need to be restored. You need that Holy Spirit to step in and help you. So if that's you, I pray that you would come down here right now as we're about to close out with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for your word. God, thank you for the confidence that you gave to Joshua. Stepping into a situation where he didn't know what was going to happen, how it was going to work, because his comfort zone was now gone. But God, you stepped in and reminded them that you were there. You were there, you've been with him from the start, and you're going to stay with him, that you're not going to leave him. God, we have that same confidence right now that we can walk in. God, if you, we would just turn to you and rely on you, just spend time in your word. If we would just spend time trying to hear you, not just telling you what we need. But God, hearing from you, God, how you would take care of it all. God, it's not going to be all butterflies and roses, but Lord, it's going to be all you and all you all the time. God, thank you for the confidence right now that we can turn to you during the grind of this week of work, during the, the way that we have to do things day in and day out, in the midst of our family struggles, God, you are there if we just turn to you. God, help us to be a people that turn to your word first. Spend time in prayer before we speak out. God, so we can speak your words and only your words during this time. God, I pray that you would just bless and anoint this church, strengthen them and build them up to be able to do your work. Thank you.